This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we build professional development systems to help engineers and their firms grow. You can now download our recently published AE Industry Trends Report, which contains answers to the following questions. How long will the great resignation last? Are firms still allowing remote work and how is it affecting their productivity? How are successful firms using data to create people-centric cultures? You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, a podcast focused on helping engineering professionals ensure that their projects are of the highest quality. The goal is to provide strategies and concepts to help ensure that you can address quality on all of your projects. Today, we have a very special guest, and we're going to get away from the technical side of things a little bit, focus more on the community and the workplace of how to foster relationships for great success. I am your host, Brian Wagner, a licensed professional engineer, and in this episode of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, I'll be talking with Eric Williamson, a conflict resolution consultant at Taylor Training Solutions. Eric has two decades of professional development experience and is also the author of a book called How to Work with Jerks, Getting Stuff Done with People You Can't Stand. We will be talking about how engineering leaders can motivate and retain their staff, and get the maximum productivity quality out of them. He'll share with you how you can get a giveaway that he'll be giving you, and I would encourage you to listen to the end. So let's jump right in. So now I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Eric Williamson from Taylor Training Solutions. Eric, welcome to the Quality Control Podcast, the Engineering Quality Control Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to our segment. So you are unique in all of the previous guests to this point have been technical professionals, engineers, architects, and those. And you're coming at this a little bit different. So I'm really excited for what you have to offer to the audience But can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and maybe where you came from and how you got into what you're doing? And then my next question is going to be to kind of get into your book. So however you want to to pursue that, but that's my first two kind of opening, getting to know you kind of things. I like to tell people that I was an expert jerk who turned jerk expert. And that gave me the experience the understanding of really what it takes to manage relationships in today's workplace. Once I had my horrible experiences in the workplace of being a jerk and working with jerks and listening to so many other stories about people who've struggled managing relationships and managing conflict with all types of people with difficult personalities, I realized that there was an opportunity to help people. That's why I've worked so hard for the past 15 years to consult with people and work at the intersection between leadership, conflict, and emotional intelligence, specifically to help engineering leaders help them execute their goals, primarily by mitigating workplace friction. That's something that really gets the inability to do this. If you don't have this dialed in, it doesn't matter how smart, talented, and gifted you are. This is something that can really thwart you, draw you back from achieving anything in life. 
that's what I've been doing for the past 15 years. You kind of alluded to it, but you wrote a book on how to work with jerks, getting stuff done with people that you can't stand. And the beauty of engineering is it's normally a compilation of a lot of different people and ideas and different people that handle very small tasks to very big tasks. You have people that are licensed or not licensed that have a lot of experience, but didn't take a licensure path or they're four years out of college and now they have a license and you don't. So there's always the opportunity for a lot of conflict and clashing between people, yet we're all trying to get to the same end goal of producing a great product for a client. What is your book about and what do you like people to take away from that? I wrote this book, How to Work with Jerks, Getting Stuff Done with People You Can't Stand, in 2017. This book, it was inspired by emotional intelligence, but as I explained before, I was an expert jerk who turned jerk expert. And in the book, I talk about my stories, my difficulties, my challenges of working with difficult people, working with a boss who's a jerk, me being a jerk, and what really draws us back. This is a roadmap for people who need help managing conflict and building relationships with the people that they work with and serve. And so this book, it also talks about, provides some tips and strategies for helping people manage these kind of relationships. Because it doesn't matter how smart, talented, and gifted you are, you can't succeed in anything if you're not able to manage relationships with the people that you work with and serve. So it's really written for both sides, the jerks and the people that manage the jerks. Or you can kind of go from both ends. Yeah, very true. So a lot of times when I host my workshops, even uh, my training seminars, a lot of people, they want to attend because they, they say, oh, well, you know what? I need help working with this person because that person's a jerk. That person's been bothering me. They always think it's the other person who's the jerk. But after they listen to my talks and, and my programs, then there's this light bulb moment comes on and they like little like towards the beginning and they say, you know what? Maybe I've been a jerk. And that's probably one of the most eye-opening things. A lot of times, like I said, they think that the other person is a jerk, but sometimes we can be that jerk. And if you fail to recognize those signals, you can be a jerk who is unaware and you can really rock the boat and you can really damage those relationships and the projects from going forward. What's one of the big takeaways that those individuals that have that maybe aha moment in your workshop, like what feedback have you gotten that, that has helped them that you might be able to offer the listeners here? Everyone has their own definition, their own, this thing in mind about what a jerk is, right? They have their own opinion about what a jerk is. And it could be all types of people. I mean, when I wrote my book, I got feedback from all types of people and I had a bunch of examples. And I realized I couldn't put all those examples in a book because it was going to be like a Game of Thrones novel. Couldn't do that. So I had to cast a wide net and I had to come up with a definition that really encapsulated, presented a broad description of what a jerk is. And so in my talks, I tell people that a jerk is someone who doesn't use social skills as a necessary job skill. And when I mention that, people who attend my talks, they say, wait a second, social skills? You mean the ability, the inability to manage relationships, leverage emotional intelligence, to manage conflict, all those kind of things are examples of the lack of social skills. And when that's absent, you can either knowingly or unknowingly become a jerk. And so oftentimes people contact me right after my training program. They go, you know, Eric, I think I need some one-on-one -on -one help here. 
based on what we discussed, I think I've got some jerk tendencies. Sometimes I'm short, I'm abrasive, or I'm new in my leadership role, and I don't know how to lead my team. And as a result, my team hates me, and I need help doing my job really well. And so those are some of the takeaways that people have once they understand what a jerk truly is. Over the past two years or so, that we've been in this midst of what some are calling like the great resignation, where people have kind of realigned with what their values are, what their importance emphasis are. I feel like a toxic workplace or, or the feeling either that you're working with jerks or that other people think you're a jerk. So then they're not interacting and being social and being engaging with you outside of the technical aspects. That's the, the beauty of engineering. You could be extremely smart and a lot of engineers are brilliant, but they can't talk to the person sitting next to them on the other side of the cubicle and, and remote work even isolates people even further. From a leadership perspective of a company, where do you see how to retain and really leverage the top talent and making sure that a culture of jerks or the influence of jerks isn't hurting your company in this time? That's a great question. And that's something that a lot of leaders have struggled over the past two years, how to adapt to this remote environment, to this virtual world. And there are a lot of challenges trying to do this, leading your teams and managing your teams. And jerks can be a pervasive issue, especially during this kind of climate. And what it all comes down to is really adapting to the times and adjusting to what the employees need and how to meet them where they are and how to have that balance. What that means is you got to know your team. You got to be able to understand what your team appreciates and what we know through various surveys is that employees want managers, they want leaders who are able to invest in their career. They want to be appreciated. They want to be valued and respected. It's not necessarily pay, even though that is a great you know, factor, but a lot of times people stick with the job. They stay, especially in the remote environment, amidst this great resignation. They stay because they know that they're being validated. They know that they're being appreciated. They know that their leader invests in their career. They know that they have a safe space where they can innovate and add value. If they're not able to do that, if they don't feel like they're being heard, they don't feel like they're being valued, they don't feel like they have opportunities to advance their career, or they don't feel like they have a flexible working environment, and which is really a signal of a leader's inability to manage that flexible workspace, they're going to leave. And so once you have those items dialed in, you're really going to retain that top talent. They're going to go above and beyond for you. Right. It's so much more than just investing in the technical aspect or meeting that next deadline, or did you win that job or that proposal? It's about having that interactive work place. And that, I mean, I've read your book, I think actually twice over the years. I saw you speak a few years ago when you first introduced me to this concept. And it really did make me take a step back because in the engineering community, there's a lot of type A personalities. There's a lot of people that they're right. Whether they're right or not, that's up for debate, but they feel like they're right. I actually encourage other engineers and other people that I work with to defend their work and defend their designs. And if the answer is, I don't know, when you're asked a question, then it's not, is it the best solution or the best answer? So I've read or cultivated a, a culture of people standing their ground, and I can definitely see where meeting that next deadline or hitting that target or whether it's billing rates or money against a contract or however in all those project management skills, I've certainly become a jerk 
from time to time. I try to control it and minimize it. But at the end of the day, we're trying to get work done. But at the beginning of the day, it's still about spending time with the people that you spend more time with than your family, realistically. Do you have any other tips on how they can learn to work with jerks or self-identify as a jerk? It's mainly just thinking about it, I think. But what tips do you have? Absolutely, Brian. I'm so glad you brought that up about the needing to be right all the time. You brought up your example. And let me tell you something. That's exactly how I became a jerk. When I told you I was an expert jerk, I was an expert jerk because I allowed my ego to become my amigo. You couldn't tell me nothing when I started you know, working. I was always right. I always had a, a response to everything. And one of the things I truly realized is that the more of a jerk I became, the more I allowed my ego to become my amigo, the more isolated I was. I really had to learn fast how to break that isolation because I needed them. I needed people, you know, I needed their consult, needed their advice, I needed their help on all different types of things. So some things that what we can do in order to work better with jerks or not even become one, there's a few things. And this is for leaders too, leaders and engineering leaders and um, professional engineers, you can definitely benefit from this. For engineering leaders specifically, though, one thing that I think is inherent for them to do is to create a safe environment, create an environment where engineers love to innovate. They can ask questions. They can challenge the status quo, let their voice be heard. And you can do that by understanding what people value and what drives them. If I were working with an engineering company right now, one of the first things I would do is I would do this core values exercise so that when everyone understands what they value and why, what drives them to do certain things. Because once you understand that, now you know the perspective and you know how to dive into a conversation. You know how to treat those challenging situations where there's conflict. Another thing, which is I call my three-step process, which you can do to work better with jerks, is called the Assess, Analyze, Act method. This is a three-step process to help you avoid those knee-jerk reactions. You know those times, you know what I'm talking about, Brian, where something's not going your way, something hits the fan, you respond impulsively, you act short or abrasive or give someone an attitude, and you make that situation worse because you're going through so many other things that no one else understands and you've had all this pent-up energy. Here's how it works. The first step is assess the situation. What is your body telling you in that situation? Is your heart beating fast? Is your, are your palms sweating? Are you furrowing your eyebrows? Are you breathing heavy? Because those are indicators that your body's going through stress. You might be burnt out. You might be annoyed with the situation. And as soon as you can understand what your body's telling you, then you can go into that next step, which is analyze step two, meaning you can analyze what your body's feeling and why. Well, maybe I was stuck in traffic and now I'm late for a meeting, or maybe we're behind schedule on that project that we were working on for so long. It could be a various things. And then once you understand what you're feeling was causing you to feel that way, you can go on to step three, which is act. That means you can come up with a more measured approach, respond thoughtfully without being abrasive or having those knee jerk reactions. Because let's be real, Brian. I mean, how many times in your life have you just gone on to step three in a conflict situation when something hit the fan and you just acted, you just said the first thing that's on your mind? And it's not just, and it's that knee jerk of it wasn't my fault or it's because of this, this, and this, even if it's not. Exactly. And you make the excuse or you throw somebody under the bus or you say something that you might regret and it makes a bad situation worse. 
this three-step process is a guardrail to prevent you from making that bad situation worse. It also helps you come up with a more measured approach, a measured response when you're dealing with conflict because you need some time to think. And it's impossible to do that when your emotions are high, when you're ready to tell somebody off, when you're just so hell-bent on being right. That three-step process is extremely important. Another one is to listen, understand, and validate. This is a form of empathy, and it stands for love, L-U-V, listen, understand, validate. So this helps you deal with crucial conversations. This helps you deal with situations where, you know, the project's not going right or someone's got to get something off their chest, especially for, it's ideal for leaders when they're having those crucial conversations, because once you can listen, understand, and validate someone's response, they feel heard. They feel like they've been listened to. And now they can start pivoting and working on the work that matters, the stuff that we're trying to get done. I think it's all is great advice and great insight. I mean, we could probably talk for hours on this topic as we have, and we've talked many times now, but not every listener is in a leadership role or not in a situation where they may feel like they are even working with jerks or that they are a jerk. But I want to transition a little bit to what we call the power of experience segment. You've been in business and worked independently, but you've worked with other people over the years. And maybe what's one thing you wish you knew earlier in your career that somebody wished they would have just put their hand on your shoulder and been like, hey, did you know kind of moment? Oh, man, how my life would have been different if I knew then what I know now. I think I alluded to this, which is don't let your ego become your amigo. And basically what I mean is that it's all about relationships. So you've mentioned before how there are some really brilliant engineers out there, really talented, gifted people out there. And it doesn't matter how smart, talented, and gifted you are. It doesn't matter what role you serve or title you carry. Success in your job in an engineering role is not based on the products, the projects that you execute. It's not. It's based on the relationships that you build. So if you can build those relationships, you can work better with anyone, but especially jerks. So it's all about building those relationships so that you don't let your ego become your amigo. So what is the best way that someone can get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing and the services that you do provide? Yeah. So I'm happy to have conversations with people. If they have any questions or would like to discuss further their jerk situation, they can contact me at tailoredtrainingsolutions.com forward slash contact. And if you put your contact information in there, I have two giveaways that I'd like to give you. One of them is I have a guide that's 10 ways to spot a jerk and prevent from becoming one yourself. And the other thing that I'll be doing is if you do have a question or situation you'd like to discuss, I am offering free consultations to talk about your situation, give you two to three ideas to help you with your specific situation. So if you contact me at tailoredtrainingsolutions.com forward slash contact forward slash, you'll be able to get that giveaway and I'll be able to help you out through your situation. You can get access to all the other content that I have on there as well. Thank you very much, Eric. I wish you the best in everything that you're doing and want to again, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast, man. Please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode at engineeringqualitycontrol.com. Find a summary of the key points that we've talked about, as well as links to Eric's contact information and his LinkedIn page. Until next time, friends, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff 
but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.